In today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Mikey Lucas. He's one of the highest producing professionals in the D2D industry, door-to-door industry. He can easily talk about various subjects, including becoming a millennial millionaire. You know, everyone wants to be be a beast, but no one wants to do what a beast's got to do when a beast has got to step up to the plate, right? It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I thought knocking on doors and selling sword panels and dealing with 20 clients a month was hard. Imagine doing that with 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 reps. If you had the opportunity to talk to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self? Um, I've actually thought about this a lot. Um, I would tell myself. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Sky's podcast and channel. I'm your host, Tony Massad. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Mikey Lucas. Mikey is from Las Vegas. He's one of the highest producing professionals in the D2D industry, door-to-door industry. As a young CEO and a rising star in the consulting and mentorship realm, um, he's used his spotlight to bring new and exciting ideas to the D2D industry. Views include having a purpose-driven life, how to obtain and maintain multiple streams of income. He can easily talk about various subjects, including becoming a millennial millionaire, designing your business to support your life instead of the other way around. He has knowledge in real estate, Bitcoin, nationwide franchising, and creating multiple passive income streams. He also has a new book called Purposeful Profit. I'll leave a link in the description. Mikey, thanks for being on the show. It's great to have you. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Yeah. So Mikey, tell us about yourself. Like just start from day one, day you were born and then, you know, how you got to the, the point in your life. Now tell us about your background. Awesome, man. Yeah. Tony. So uh, one, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Looking to add some value uh, to your, uh, to your, to your, your following. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the first generation off the water. I like to say uh, my family from, uh, from Portugal, we're all tuna fishermen. And, uh, you know, my, my dad moved out of the tuna industry. I lived in San Diego, moved out of the tuna industry when he was 27, I believe. Moved from San Diego to Las Vegas. Um, go, uh, go figure Las Vegas, right? Moved to Las Vegas with like $200, $300 in his, uh, in his, in his pocket uh, where he met my mother. Um, and they had, uh, they had three beautiful kids. I was the middle kid. Um, and, uh, you know, went to high school, you know, all the way through college in, the, in, the, in Las Vegas. Um, I, I, I played uh, football, baseball, wrestling growing up. So very competitive. There was many years where I couldn't go on family vacations. Um, my dad and mom were very smart financially. They, they weren't, mm. uh, really affected. Um, my, my dad and mom really ingrained the value of a dollar. Um, you know, we got paid $10 a week if we did our chores. Um, and we didn't, we didn't just have like a couple chores. I'm talking like we, we, we were like the mate, we were actually like the maids, and the groundskeepers um, of the whole compound we lived in. We lived in a half acre um, house. Uh, we were definitely the poorest people in the whole neighborhood. But, uh, you know, we had a huge pool, basketball court kind of stuff. It was really awesome. My, my parents that scraped was in by. Vegas? But, yeah, yeah. Wow. My parents scraped, scraped by. But, it, you know, in and, and, and retrospect, in hindsight, um, you know, it looks like we were pretty balling, which we were. You know, we, we, my parents bought a $200,000 house in 1993. Um, you know, ended up becoming worth at the height of like, you know, $970,000, 
Um, but, uh, you know, we, we live very frugal. My, my dad still has, um, his 90, 92 RV. Um, wow. it's a, it's a, like a Toyota dolphin or something like that. Like it, the thing still runs till today. Um, and, uh, you know, so my, my, my family fought over money. Um, they fought mm. over a lot of things and I, I knew that I wanted to, to, to be different, to, you know, be the one in my family that, you know, didn't have to have that situation with my wife now, um, you know, w- my wife just closed on her house and sold her property, just got paid like 80 grand the other day, yesterday, actually. And she's wow. like excited. She's like excited because she gets to do the system that uh, uh, the system that we put together for, for finances. And she's all excited because guess what? She's going to go be able to spend uh, like 500 bucks or like a thousand bucks at like Lululemon or something. Um, but um, the rest of it's going to get invested 1031 exchange into something else. So we're not going to pay taxes wow. on it. So um, I, I really, um, yeah. To, so to kind of tie that up, I, I, I went into college. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do, but the, you know, the whole Tony, the whole thing that they tell you in high school, you know, those, those people come yeah. your soft, your sophomore, your sophomore and um, junior year in suits and the, you know, the business career day and hoorah, they yeah. tell you, you know, you're, you're supposed to know what you're going to do when you grow up. And I think it's a total myth. I think it's actually destroying people. And I, I understand that it's, it's good to a certain extent to get people ex- you know, excited and inspired to keep them like, yeah, yeah, you can do big things. Um, but I, I, at 16 years old, I don't know about you, bro, but I, I had no clue what I wanted to do. I had no I idea. Wanted, yeah. Yeah. Back then I wanted to pick up chicks and play baseball. Like that was it yeah. and party, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, that was, that was the, the gist of what I, what I was doing then. So, um, you know, I, I felt like an outcast. So I slowly, from that point, I remember that was a, that was a monumental or mountain uh, moment for me. I, I, I a pivotal change. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and yeah, I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be around people a lot, but I didn't know what it was. So I went into college. I ended up dropping out three times. I got into doorbell sales. I got recruited in. I think it was 2012 or 2013 was the first year I was in, and uh, yeah, dude, I, uh, I, 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 I sucked. I was terrible. Uh, you know, I was, I was like, you know, I was like, I was, t- I tell this to people, I think you're, 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 uh, you're following will understand this. I would say, yeah, like I'm like my cousins from the middle East that sell lotions and potions in the middle of the hall. <laughs> um, that's what they think I do. <laughs> you know, I go and go to the door, no, we're good. I'm, I'm good. I don't want that. I don't want you whatever you're selling. I'm good. Um, so, uh, you know, that's who, that's what they thought we were, but I, I come to find out these, these men, uh, that I was around, uh, were really, were good men. They were, they were, they were married family men. Um, they took care of business. They went to work every single day. They took pride in what they did. And, uh, you know, it mm-hmm. was, uh, it was, it was, um, it was awesome. Um, it was yeah. kind of like a, a door to door cult, if you will, but of like men that were really trying to, you know, make a difference and, uh, you know, n- not, not do what, um, you know, what everyone else is doing and, you know, make a lot of money and have a good family life. Yeah. I vibe with that. Uh, just to your comment on, you know, being 16 in the career fairs in high school, I can relate. Uh, I feel like, yeah, at that age, uh, it's really hard to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, everyone has different talents and skills and, and yeah, your mindset, you know, if, for me, when I was younger, I didn't, I had no idea. Um, and then yeah, sale, I have a lot of respect for salespeople. It's just, it's so, it's a tough industry. I, I feel like, you know, you get a lot, you have to be really resilient um, to be successful in that. And I have a lot of respect for sales, very tough field. Um, very nice. Um, yeah, I haven't met too many people who are from Vegas. That's a cool lifestyle. Um, that it's like yeah. the desert out there basically. Oh yeah. Definitely. Hot, 
hot, hot and dry. Yeah. Yeah. Hot and dry. Uh, but so question, uh, like your, your industry, right? Like what, what is your, like you're in the consulting and mentorship realm. Like tell us about your current career at the moment. So, yeah, so I've got, uh, I've got 12 different, um, 12 different companies right now. Um, my main squeeze is I run a $50 million energy fund that invests wow. into fix and flips oil and gas wells, as well as alternative energies. Um, we, we believe it's called the American energy fund. We, we believe that, you know, if you, if you, if you give anything to the government, they're pretty much going to overspend overcharge and under deliver on everything. Uh, I'm very apolitical, so I don't want to get political. I'm very like, stay away from my people, stay away from everything. Um, you marry who you want to marry and let me love who I want to love. And like, don't touch my taxes. I don't, don't tax me. Right. Um, I'm a very pro like, um, free market and, and, uh, yeah. um, you know, but you know, I, I, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. What no, was you're your good. no. So like you were talking about your, your oil and gas hedge fund, you do the oh. flipping oil wells. Um, yeah. You, you were talking about, you know, love who you want to love, uh, and yeah. you know, taxes of like, uh, I guess I apologize. Yeah. No, I, you're good. I, I something really big just came across my screen. Uh, you're good. One of my, one of my aunts passed away. So I apologize. I'm going through a little bit of uh, stuff this morning. Um, Sorry so, yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's all good, but it's all good. She's all, we're all, she's all good. We, we, uh, well, we didn't expect it, but it is what it is. Um, she's, we're going back to New York for that. So, um, yeah, so I run, I run an oil and gas, um, uh, oil, gas and alternative energy fund. And then I got a consulting business where, um, really it was just like a passion project. I, I realized that I loved, um, I loved teaching. I loved coaching. Um, like if you could, if, if, if you could, if, if, if money didn't matter, um, this is a question that I always would ask myself, like if, if money didn't matter, what would I do with my day? What would I do with my time every single day? Um, that would be going back and coaching baseball or being a teacher, being like a, a history teacher or like a PE teacher or a weight training teacher or, you know, or, or like an entrepreneur teacher or a finance teacher. Um, and, you know, obviously, or actually to be honest, it was a theater teacher, um, but um, you know, a, a theater teacher and then go and be like a football or baseball coach or wrestling coach. And, you know, so I realized that I liked to coach and to teach, but the reason why I liked it so much because I got excited about, um, you know, people, people catching it, you know, when yeah. they would, when they would, when they would catch, you know, whatever you were, whatever you're, you're helping them with, when they would, when they would catch that, that little sparkle in their eye, that, that, dis, that distinct difference, yeah. um, that's what, that's what I like the most. So I've got a I've got a um, a five figure a month coaching business that um, people pay me and my team to um, teach them how to do tons of things. Um, mo most of what I do there is is around financial vitality, so financial freedom. Um, yeah. But it comes in with everything as far as business administration, HR, standard operating procedures. Most of it is in the door to door space, so roofing, solar alarms, windows, pest control. But uh, it's funny how like even in oil and gas. Um, every company is pretty much the same. Mm. Uh, and, and they're only about one or two micro shifts away from, from three, four, five Xing. And I've done that wow. over and over and over and over again. Um, I don't know if it's just because my, my, my lean, uh, my, my lineage is all navigators in the tuna boats. Oh. Um, but, um, if I can just see trends, I can see things that people like, I say it's easy. But then um, what I have to realize is that it's just something like I can see these things that people can't see sometimes. And I don't know why that's the case, but again, I, I, you know, you know, God has blessed me to be able to have these type of 
um, extra understandings, extra antennas, if you will. Uh, and I don't want to use it for my own sake. I want to, I mean, I want to use it. I mean, I, I get obviously paid to do it, but yeah. um, I want to use it for the, for the betterment of, of mankind and, and, and for humanity and for our country and for our States. And, you know, I, I know you're in, in, in Michigan and I mean, I, I invest a lot of money in Michigan. I, I love Michigan. Like um, I, I've never been there before until years ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, right? I instantly fell in love with the city and the culture and everything going on there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've got the, the, the my uh, my uh, energy fund and then my coaching business, and I still do door to door every once in a while. Like I had a kid over here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. You know, if they're gonna if they're gonna, I mean, I'm sure you would do it too, Tony. If they're gonna pay you twenty grand for a week to go out and oh, of uh, and, and work, work with some of the guys, they're gonna go knock on some doors again, right? Um, you know, so so it's fun though, man. I, I really like it, but I, I over deliver, man. Like if if they think I'm gonna do eight hours, I'm gonna do like sixteen hours. And I, I like absolutely will do 16 hours. Like I will, I will do circles around you. Uh, yeah. You're not going to be any people, you know, the whole, whenever people, whenever I walk into a room, you know, if people's faces don't light up, you know, you're probably in the wrong room. Every time I walk into a room, people are just excited and inspired to be around me. So I, I really like that. I like, I like myself better when I'm around my people and uh, yeah. it's a, uh, it's my door door people. So that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Th- thanks for sharing that. So just, uh, question your your energy fund like uh what was your motivation to get started in that how did you get started in that what were some of the challenges you had to overcome um in starting that and then also maintaining it as well very curious um the main thing tony was uh thinking that i can do that like um now now that now that now that we have it um you know tony like 50 million dollars is like nothing that's like saying, yeah, I, I, that's like saying, yeah, I, uh, my, my very first, you know, my very first franchise, you're like, wow, you have a franchise. And then you get around other people that have franchises like, yeah, I've got 150 franchises. So I'm like, <laughs> geez, I thought having one was hard. I've got 22 franchises right now. Wow. I'm on the way to getting, I'm on, I'm on track to get 50 total um, by the end, by, um, by summer, I'm supposed to be closing on that. Um, but wow. you know, it, 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 the hardest part, Tony actually was thinking that I could do it. And, uh, I really sat back and I was like, man, like I, I had, I was the kid that had a speech impediment, um, had a, a severely dyslexic, like stage four millennia millennialism. Uh, and, uh, I couldn't read. Um, I had a very hard time reading. I had a hard time paying attention. My parents didn't want to medicate me. They didn't give me Ritalin or Adderall, they gave me the back of they gave me the back, they gave me the back yeah, of their yeah. hand and said, shut up, kid, and you know, get back to work. Um, and uh, you know, or we'll take your Xbox or your, you know, you're not going to baseball practice, or it'll be more chores around the house, you know, the old school way of doing it, which I think kids parents need to be doing more of that. Um, but the hardest yeah. part about it was man, um, believing that it could be me, uh, believing that I could go and raise 50 million dollars and 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 uh and solve a solve a problem in, uh, in our economy and which is, you know, American independence. I, I mean, I, I worked for Elon Musk's company, solar city and Tesla energy for, a few, for wow. a few years. And, you know, I, I got on board with energy independence and, and a, a sustainable future. And to have that sustainable future, we need more solar. We need more yeah. wind. We need more geothermal, but we can't just walk away from nuclear, uh, natural gas and oil. Like yeah. I get it. You know, we don't use, we don't use wood and rubber anymore, you know, yeah. to, to, to create heat. So it's like, we will eventually phase out of coal. And like, I agree, we should, fa- we should phase out of coal. Like it's, it's almost like saying, no, like you should not, 
you should not ride your bike to work. You, sh- you should not drive your car to, sh- to work. You should ride your bike. You yeah. should ride your horse. Like it's the same thing. It's tautological. It's always going to happen. Like people don't ride horses to work anymore. They drive their cars or, yeah. or, or, or they ride a motorcycle or they take the bus. Like they don't yeah. drive horses or ride horses or walk. Like if you had a horse back then, you were like falling. You know, they don't ride or donkeys, for instance. They don't do that anymore. So it's the same thing in energy. Like we're, we're eventually, and I'm sorry if you're in the coal industry or if anybody's listening to this, but like if, if you don't, it's almost like saying, no, I, I'm going to continue to do everything by paper when you have computers. It's like, yeah. no, no. If you're an accountant, right? Or you're, you're a legal person, like you've got to get on the computers. You're not doing everything by hand anymore. You don't have offices and offices and offices of drawers with the paperwork. Everything's on the cloud now. Like you have to get up with the times. The reason why is yeah. because humanity needs that. You know, like we're, we're not in a third world country. We're America. You know, we're America. Yeah. Like we are the leader in technology or one of the leaders in technology, depending on who you ask, right? Um, but innovation, at least, we're the leader in innovation. Um, you know, we, we and, and, and just let me tell your, 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 your listeners this. Um, we are significantly uh, more clean than any other country that I know out there. Um, I was always taught that America is dirty um, the, um, like because of energy, right? Dirty and transportation industry is dirty and agriculture makes it dirty. Bro, we are clean. I don't know if you've been yeah. out, out of the country or not, but like if you go look at like the uh, like airquality.gov or whatever it is and go look in all the other countries, America is yeah. like usually green or like slightly yellow. Like we are clean, bro. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the main tie back, the main reason why I started, the, uh, partner and I started the American Energy Fund was because I knew that um, this this issue with $7 gas in California, $10 gas in Hawaii, yeah. you know, 4 or $5 gas in the middle of winter in Texas, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't I don't think it's President Joe Biden or President uh, Trump or President Obama or Bush's fault. I don't think it's any of their faults. I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think that they're really, really making the calls on that. Um, mm-hmm. People don't understand like what, um, what, for instance, what India, China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia and the Middle East are doing with oil. Like even Australia, like th- there's so much oil out there. People don't understand macroeconomics. They don't understand mm-hmm. macroeconomics. That's the problem. Um, so for us to be energy independent, and, and I, I know that, for us to be like the power, right, if you will, um, of the world with the petrol dollar, you know, people have to buy, uh, uh, if they're going to, yeah, if they're going to buy oil from Saudi Arabia, they have to convert their um, whatever dollars in, into uh, USD. Um, that means we have to buy, we, have to, we obviously have to be the biggest purchaser of oil from Saudi Arabia. Um, I get that part, but, um, you know, we can be an, a, 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 a net exporter, uh, an exporter of, liquid natural gas um or oil like why not we can we can export you know grid grid power you know from solar and wind that we store in big tesla power uh you know power packs um you know to mexico to costa rica central south america to even in 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 the canada we can export energy like germany exports energy like you know uh, portugal exports energy like costa rica exports energy from their renewables they've got wave technology and river technology and hydro technology that they're exporting energy. But the hard part is that the same thing we had in, in Houston or rather in all of Texas a couple of years ago, you, everybody obviously heard about that when the power shut down, you know, um, yeah. and they told us that like six or seven years ago or eight years ago now that Texas were going to have a big problem. I thought it was a sales pitch. 
Um, but come to find out it was true. I was, I was like the weird geeky kid that would like watch the YouTube videos of the public utilities commission of Texas and like figure out what they're talking about. Um, like years and years and years, like, like the courthouse for a public utilities commission hearing, I would watch that stuff at night. Um, but yeah, I, I knew that if we were going to rely on the government to fix this energy problem that we have, um, you know, yeah, it's not, we're not ever going to get there. Um, I also, one of the biggest reasons why I sold solar was not because it was financially feasible, which it was, but was because I knew that I didn't want to, I, I, if I could, if I could stop a world war three from happening over yeah. American interest. And again, I'm all for America, but American yeah. interest in the Strait of Hormuz, um, where, where oil is coming from and gas is coming from. I was like, if I can do that, I'm going to stop that. I don't want my, you know, I don't want my fellow brothers and sisters going and fighting a war just over, you know, stuff that we have in our backyard. Like, you know, I, I know that we can get there. It's just a matter of there needs to be more evangelists. Just like the, we, we were evangelists for solar and look where solar is at today. It's, yeah. you know, a thousand X since two or three years ago, right? Or, or 10 years ago. Um, you know, my, my company in 2020 sold more solar and sold more solar than the whole country did in 20. In two thousand, in two in the year two thousand, wow. yeah. Who's your Think biggest customer for your like for all your your the things you're selling? Are they just consumers, like just people people like me who have a house? And as far as on the solar side, yeah, solar solar. I, I don't do any commercial. I do like very. I mean, I do commercial, but I don't like commercial. Commercial takes too long. Financing takes too long. It, you know, it's dealing with bureaucracy. You have to meet seven, yeah. fifteen, twenty times just for them to tell you, oh, we're on, 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 and then you know. Uh, a seal comes and bites your fish, uh, you know, and then it's, it's out and done. Um, so I do, yeah. I do like 98% residential. So residential solar. Residential. And M- Michigan's actually getting really big on, uh, on, uh, on solar. Now there's, there's in- big incentives in Michigan for, for residential solar. So it's, it's a really big thing. And you gotta understand like solar is like anything else. There's a good deal and there's a bad deal. So mm. do your research. Like, like you're not going to get it for free, but like, you know, yeah. do your research. Like there's a good deal and there's a bad deal. You know, if, if, if Kelly blue book is telling you to pay, $30,000 for the car. Don't pay $50,000 for the car. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. In Michigan, I'm seeing a lot more ads in the newspaper online for like solar. Um, yeah. I haven't seen any houses too much here with it. I feel like it's still yeah. like largely untapped. Um, yep. I, I don't even know, like, uh, do you have, so like, okay, Vegas is very hot, very sunny, right? Um, like how does solar, do you need to have like a sunny state? Like, for Michigan, for example, we do get sun, but like not that much. Like, how do you have to have a lot of sunlight? A certain type of uh, climate environment? No. So the effectiveness through to for the panels to collect rays, which converts them into energy, um, is so high now. One of our biggest markets is, is Seattle. Believe it or not, Seattle. Wow. Um, them and New York as well. So um, think about it like this, the easy, the easy answer to, you can quantify in your head is if it takes us 25 panels in Vegas, it's going to take you 27 panels in Michigan. Mm, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I get like emails from my energy company from like DTE and they're yeah. like, uh, they, they want, they're, they're asking, oh, do you mind switching over to like solar and hydro or not hydro wind power? Um, but you pay more per kilowatt hour, um, something yeah, like that. Don't don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. it was a scam. I thought it was kind of weird, like how they could switch one house over to like 
you know, aren't we on a grid? And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer, not an electrical, but I, I do have some sort of common sense when it comes to, um, you know, grids and how the energy system works. But yeah, that's amazing. Um, so question, um, like your, your solar energy company, like, uh, when did you start that? Um, again, like, you know, your motivation for it, you seem to have mentioned it earlier, but I'm very curious to how, like, you know, what are some of the challenges and, and things that you had to face with, with starting that and maintaining it? Yeah, there's, there was a lot, um, like any other industry, I, I, I quickly found out that, uh, everybody won't every, everybody, uh, how do you say that? Um, everybody wants to eat, but nobody wants to do the dishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone, everyone wants to become a millionaire. No one wants to put in the work. Everyone wants yep. to be, you know, everyone wants to be, be a beast, but no one wants to do what a beast got to do when a beast has got to step up to the plate. Right. Um, um, everyone wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beast got to do. Um, uh, it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I thought knocking on doors and selling solar panels and dealing with 20 clients a month was hard. Imagine doing that with 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 reps. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was so hard. Um, but I will tell you this, and like anybody else will tell you this, that's, that has multiple, you know, eight figure businesses or nine figure businesses, um, is the team that you have around you is the most important thing. Um, you know, if, if you build it where it can virtually run itself, not really run itself, um, you have to build systems like standard operating procedures. When something comes, when, when, when the deal comes in, what do you do for the next 50 steps? What do you do if a customer calls in here? Like you have to build that out. Now it took us trial and error, but you know, we built the plane on the way up and crashed and burned quite a few times. A couple of businesses we had to shut down, a couple of businesses made millions of dollars. Um, you know, the easy part was for me was selling people or convincing people um, that they could make a lot of money selling solar panels. The hard part was getting them to them to believe they could make money selling solar panels. Mm. Um, I was convinced. So I, I say it like this, Tony. I say, look, bye, right, Tony. So look, easiest part about your job is the fact that people are already buying power. They're already buying your product. You're not selling them lotions and potions like my cousins do in the middle of the malls. Uh, you're not selling them timeshares. You're not selling them windows. You're not selling them insurance. They don't freaking need or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying anything against those. I use lotions and potions. I use, uh, what are those called? Those, uh, essential oils. I use all that. Yeah, stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, we're, we're, we're selling them a product they're already using today. So they're using it on a daily basis. The hard part about hardest part about our job is timing. They could be on the way out of their house. They could be going through a fight with their with their wife or significant other or husband, or whatever. Um, you know, hardest part about our job is timing. So, um, yeah, the issue the issue re really wasn't um, whether or not I can get them motivated for two three weeks. That was fairly easy to do. Um, the hard part was getting money in their pocket. So I actually I hacked the system. I'm like a big I'm like a big uh, uh, like, like hacker, like I like the life hacks. So my, my, I know that people only do what they're incentivized to do. So my Tony, my company, my solar company or my smart home company, we weren't, we didn't sell smart home products or solar. We, we were a personal development company that just so happened to sell smart home products. Mm. So when I say smart home, meaning solar lights, uh, you know, cup uh, on cup off lights, Google locks, door locks, all the whole nine yards, right? Smart watering systems. We sold all that stuff, but we sold solar. That was the main, our main thing. But in Vegas, people were like, solar, no, 
So we started calling ourselves, and, I, and this is a trend, um, which is why you see like DR Hardware, it's a really big build, home builder on the, uh, on the West Coast. Um, I just saw this the other day. I was just back in Vegas and it says DR Horton, which is a really big, nice, nice builder. Uh, the, uh, the smart home builder. And I'm like, see, I told you guys, I told you guys smart home was coming. Uh, I yeah. might've been four or five years early, but I've told you it was coming. So, um, I knew that people only did what I, I know that even myself, people only do what they're incentivized to do. Yeah. Um, so I had to build out systems for my operations company, as well as my sales companies to, to be incentivized. Um, if, if, if they're not, if they're not learning how to become better human beings and better, you know, cause in other words, if they, if, if I gave them a book and said, Hey, go read this book, you're going to make a million dollars. They would literally, once they left my office, get massive amounts of anxiety, the majority of them, because they thought school tests, you know, um, they would get, they would get anxiety. So instead of, instead of that, I would pay them $50 to read the book, write two pages front and back of notes. And then they would teach me back the book or teach one of my, my wow. managers back the book. And that yeah. was, you know, and that was, that was what I was doing is you only retain 10% of what you hear or read. You retain 20 to 30% of what you, um, you, you, you read or hear and write down. And then you retain like 60 to 80% of what you hear, read, write down and then go and teach. So I was hacking wow. the system. I got, and then I, and then not only that, I have to even get I'm, even more. I, I paid them 50 bucks for the book. Wow. And then I bought the book back from them. So if they went and paid $20 for the book, I give them $20 for the book. They'd have to have a receipt or show me on their Amazon. They did that. They did, they did that. And then uh, I'd give them 50 bucks. So I was paying them to work. It was awesome. Wow. So, and then, and then obviously I would get them to read the books that I wanted them to read. So now I'm like creating this, like, um, this, this habitual, like we're now training ourselves. I'm, 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 uh, I'm reprogramming their minds, reprogramming their brains to think highly of themselves and yeah. that they, that they too could achieve what I've achieved. That's a, that's a really, that's an incredible, uh, strategy. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. Get, get a lot of, out of your employees, build, build that culture. That's incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. No, incredible. Very, very interested. Please tell us about your book, uh, Purposeful Profit. Uh, what, what is, what is that about? Um, how sure. was, how was that? Yeah. So Purposeful Profit, Mastering the Millennial Mindset for Success. Purposeful Profit. Um, what that basically means is, is like my, my kind of like my, 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 I don't want to say life's mission, but one of my missions is to raise the standard for millennials um, to learn how to not just go and make millions of dollars and have Ferraris, but learn how to have a purpose behind that and to have um, obviously profit. Cause if we're not profiting, we're not making any money. You can't contribute back to humanity. You can't yeah. give back to, you can't make an impact with your money or, or make your money matter. If you will. Um, my, my goal is to, is to raise the standard for millennials to go out and unapologetically become a billionaire and, and solve those problems that you have in your, in your city. Go, go put up new nets and basketball courts. Go, 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 uh, go, go get, you know, go put new turf at, at the football field. Go put new courts in your basketball, you know, new, new soccer nets or new soccer goals at the soccer fields. Go, go make a difference in your community. Go show up and, 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 and turn out for your community and for your people. Um, and okay. and if, we, if, if, we don't, if we don't understand that the American dream is dead, this I'm going to come over on a boat, um, work 40 hours, um, get a pension, work for 40, work for 40 hours a week, work for 40 years and, you know, and, ha and be able to live for the rest of my life. Like my, our parents, you know, working till they're 60, 70, 80 years old, like yeah. 60 years old is like young now, you know, I thought 60 year old, like an old fart retired at that point. Most still people young. are working. Yeah. Yeah. Still very young. 
especially with like NAD and glutathione, all these, you know, super vitamins that are coming out now, like yeah. people are living like vitamin C's curing cancer. Like, dude, like this stuff is wild. People are living significantly longer than the yeah. expected rate, which is why like social security and all that stuff is, and, and, and is, is going away. Like who has a pension anymore? Right. Very Nobody. few people, but yeah. Right. So um, I, I basically just, I, I help the millennials. So it's for two, it's for two different audiences. One it's for the millennial, you know, you know, the, the 18 to 34 years old, or thir- you know, 34 years old millennials. Um, and that kind of, you know, the scale goes up and down, but um, the, the millennial generation that, you know, I give like almost like, almost like history a little bit. I'm like, I'm, I'm talking about this game we call money, um, what profit is, how to, how to, how to maneuver around horrible mistakes that people have made in the past and learning from our elders, if you will. Um, and then learning and giving not my secrets, but actually strategies on how to win and how to continue to win year after year after year. If you're going to play, don't play to play, play to win. Like why not, why not go out again? Why not? If if you could, Tony, if you could make more money, should you, the answer should be yes. Yes. So that you can go so that you can go and give more money back to your community and make a difference in where you're at. Like, like leaving a legacy behind doing things that are going to make your grandkids proud of you and be like, wow, you know, uh, a Papa Tony, you know, he, or Grandpa Tony, he, you know, he, he, you know, he, he put up a school and honor, and yeah. honor his, you know, and put up a school over here or whatever. Right. And it doesn't have to be in Africa or the middle East. It could be in the backyard in Michigan, yeah. you know, obviously go, go home and do stuff back home, but you know, back, back in the middle East where our family's from, but you know, do stuff in your city, man. Like, you know, get opportunities yeah. to people, you know, we have so much opportunities here and I'm not saying there's not opportunities overseas as well, because there is, but, um, you know, you know, help here. So th- that's really what the book is about is about raising the standard um, for the millennial generation. And then it's also for our parents. I wrote yeah. the book so that our parents can have an insight. Our parents and people in their forties and fifties can have an insight on how to lead, manage, and motivate millennials. You mentioned how elders, uh, you know, we could use to motivate, um, provide insight um, for millennials, raise the standard. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, basically the, the, the problem is that our, our, the older generation doesn't know how to, doesn't know how to motivate the millennials. They think, Oh, these kids are on their phones all the time. You know, put your phones down, you stinking kid. It's like, well, you know, what if that stinking kid is the one that helps, you know, you know, create the next, you know, I don't know, app that helps kids with autism get smarter or whatever, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, what, what, like th- they think that technology, like, oh, like, well, we were raised in the snow, walking to school uphill both ways. Like, I get that. Like, yes, I, I agree that our yeah. our generation is a little bit softer. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, like, who's really telling us that? Like, I, I, the kids that I see, the kids that I mentor, the dudes that I'm around, the women that I'm around, like, these are some hard people, man. Like, these are some 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 badass people, bro. Like. You know, th- these people like really, really care. They're trying to make a difference. They're like, they're, they're, they're doing their very best on a day-to-day basis. They're improving their skills. They're sharpening their apps. They're, they're they, they, they take these world issues seriously. Like, yeah, I get that some people are soft, but like, you know, for instance, let's look back in history and look at Vietnam, for instance, like people were like fleeing to Canada. Okay. Soft generation. What about flower power? What happened to yeah. that soft generation? Like, yeah, the, the like, hippie let, generation. And, yeah. yeah, like don't freaking hate Pacifier. on us over here. Yeah, let's not hate on us and say we're a soft generation. 
you're a soft generation. So it's like, it's almost like a, a hey, yeah. hey, uh, uh, 40, 50 and our parents generation. Like you guys think we're soft. Look at your, yeah. like, is it not the exact same thing? Like they're yeah. not understanding this exact same thing. Like that's not like, let's not hate on millennials because we're on computers. Like that computer, ma'am, sir, it might help save your life in the future. So yeah. you better let us keep playing with our toys. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and here's the thing too. Like my, my parents, I'm first generation Palestinian Arabic. I was born here, right? Uh, my parents um, came from overseas and, uh, you know, they, the lifestyle there, it was insanely hard. The, the, my grandpa, oh my God, like, you know, they definitely worked harder. I, I've heard the story of, I used to walk uphill both ways. I've heard that story before. And, oh, you know, I came to America with a few dollars in my pocket here, heard that, but I, I'm with you. And I really like what you're doing, Mikey. You've got, you know, your companies and, it's really nice. I really admire entrepreneurs. Um, we need entrepreneurs. We need also people who are employees because it's like, you know, you're the, you're the innovator. By the way, you have amazing energy. You have high energy and I love it. So, you know, keep, keep that up, Mikey. I feel it. Uh, but, you know, we need those entrepreneurs like yourself to create those jobs to, you know, you, you, when you start a company and all that, it's like, you know, you're a pillar in the community. You're creating jobs, income, you know, you can, you're making money, give back, start a school, start a park, uh, give back to the community. So I, I think it's incredible what you're doing. I love it. Yeah, let, me, let me reiterate really quickly too. Like I've got nothing wrong as an entrepreneur. I've got nothing wrong with playing what they call second fiddle. Like I don't always want to be in charge. Like, yeah. dude, I, I don't want to always have to make the calls. Um, I, I think uh, I learned a lot in, in reading um, a lot of like military books, um, you know, in leadership and entrepreneurship and, and, and free thinking, like you don't have to be the one that owns the business. Like there's this, like, there's this myth or this fallacy that people think they have to run the business and start their own business to make an impact. Like actually uh, with it, with the right team, you make a bigger impact. Yeah. Um, Steve, Steve jobs, Elon Musk didn't solely change how we, you know, we, we, we look at electric vehicles or electric, you know, sustainability for homes and businesses or, you know, uh, inner, inner, uh, inner planetary travel, like, right. Yeah. Like space travel. Like he didn't solely do that. If you look at what he's talking about, he praises his team Yeah, more, more people just don't realize that they're just so in awe of Elon Musk and Elon Musk, if you hear him, any good leader will hear that Elon Musk praises his team a lot. So, you know, finding the right team and right company and right culture with core values, which is the main thing, core values need to align, you know, how you see the world um, and what you, what your vision of the, of the future is going to look like, um, you know, whether that's inspiring and exciting, or if it's just destructive, like, dude, yeah. like you need to be around people. Like, I don't have a problem playing second fiddle, dude. Like, um, I, I would rather play second fiddle, but I only started companies because somebody wasn't doing what I knew that needed to get done. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of respect for Elon. I've, I've seen a documentary before where, you know, Elon is so impactful and, and yeah, it's, he's not the only engineer, you know, he's got an amazing team, but one thing I feel that makes a massive difference is just praising your team, you know, Hey, you know, thanks, you know, doing a great job, keep it up, the motivating the team, you know, it, I feel like, and I'm not going to bash the old generation, but I feel like the older generation's mindset is like, you know, okay, your boss, you know, orders you to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I, I believe in, in, 
in influence. I believe in like making change and, and empowering people through influence rather than power, you know, rule by power, not sorry, rule by influence rather than power, you know, influence yeah. over power. So I vibe with yeah. that. Yeah. Something you said there, like the old mindset versus, you know, what I would say is the old mindset versus the new vision, right? It's like any thought leader, any entrepreneur, any, you know, community changer, right? Like, I don't even think Martin Luther King was really an entrepreneur, but he was, a, um, I mean, obviously a huge visionary. And yeah. I really think at the end of, at the, end of the day, um, even if you're not an entrepreneur um, or like running a company um, or even in a leadership role in your company that you're working with right now, as yeah. long as you have, as long as you have, you have the character trait of being a visionary of, of having, a, of having an exciting and inspiring future, like where you wake up excited, not pissed yeah. off all the time. Like if you're waking up pissed off all the time, you should uh, there's a saying I always say, but you know, when things aren't adding up, you should start subtracting. Like if you're waking up on the wrong side of the bed for, I'm not saying for one or two days or even a week, I'm saying for week after week after yeah. week, you're waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Like, you know, I didn't wake up on the right side of the bed this morning. My aunt passed away. Like I didn't wake up like, I'm so excited to go see my family in New York. I cannot freaking wait. Uh, I'm so excited. I have to, I can't go to my I can't go to one of the biggest events of my mastermind career this coming up weekend. I have to go to New York to cry at a funeral. I'm so excited. Um, no, I didn't. Um, I, I don't wake up every day excited and inspired, but you know, it, it, you know, if, if people aren't, if, if it's week after week, month after month, they're waking up on the wrong side of the bed. And, and it's, I don't believe this whole like, Oh, I'm not a morning person. No, you're just, you, you don't have a clear vision. You don't have clarity yeah. uh, on what the future is going to look like. And you, you think, the future is going to be horrible. Like you think that you're dealt a bad hand and you know, you're, I'm not just saying playing the victim card, but like, you know, our families were get picked on a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. we get picked on a lot, but you know, some of the smartest people I've met are from the middle East. Like there's so much, for instance, money. And I understand there's a wealth gap, but like, you know, their family, some, you know, your family made it here. My family made it here. Right. They, they were entrepreneurial. If they will, they had a vision of what the future could look like for their family. Guess yeah. what? You, you might be just laying the road for your grandkids. Yeah. Like if you don't, if you don't lay the road for your grandkids, guess what? They're not, they're not going to have it. They're not, they, maybe they get the opportunity. Why don't you stop thinking about you and start doing it for your grandkids? Yeah. So the vision, man, if you have a, if you're, if you're, if you have a, a, a if you have a good vision of what the future is going to look like, um, you know, it doesn't matter how, what hard times come in. Doesn't matter what hard times come, you'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot what famous person said this, but uh, I think it was Steve Jobs, but uh, he mentioned you have to have a vision that will pull you into the future, pull you into the next year after year, you know, whatever yeah. hard time you're going through. Yeah, I yeah. really admire that. Yeah, my my family, I can imagine yours too. Yeah, when you come from a foreign country when your parents do, it's like the struggle is real, you know. Uh playing the victim. It's just like, I, I don't think that mindset gets you very far. You got to just, you know, take responsibility and just, you know, work your butt off, get, get out of whatever situation you're in, have that vision. I vibe with that. Mikey one, I have one last question for you and then uh, any other comments you've got, but if you had the opportunity to talk to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self? Um, I've actually thought about this a lot. Um, I, I would, I would tell, I would tell myself, um, I'm going to get a little emotional. Um, All right. I would, I would, uh, I would tell myself to forgive yourself 
because um, the the price for the wrongs that I've done have been paid for. Um, and forgive yourself sooner because you've been you've been paid for. Um, you've been adopted. You've been redeemed. Your um, your sin has been removed as far as the east is from the west. Um, come home, brother. Come home, um, and uh, come home quickly. Um, I would tell myself that, dude. I, I really would. I, I um, you know, I I lived in I lived a life of regret and resentment um, and um, guilt for so long, dude. For so long, um, and uh, dude, I, I thank God, dude. I I wouldn't be here, you know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian man, and I just, I, I, I believe God, you know, loves everybody, yeah. man. And God, God doesn't want any anybody to perish. And uh, you know, I, you know, I, I really had, I had a problem, and uh, you know, I, I, I knew that if, if, if I would have not been talked to about who God was and what life is, and you know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. Um, I would have, I would have killed myself. I'd be in prison and got murdered or something, dude. I, I would, I would be here, man. So um, I would tell myself to forgive yourself sooner um, because on the other side of this, you're going to make a huge impact and uh, keep on moving. Yeah. And yeah. And, you, and, and, and read, read more books too. Read Dang. more books. Yeah. Yep. I wish I would have read more books earlier. Yeah. Yep. Underrated. That's amazing. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I'm glad you're here, Mikey. And, you know, you're a pillar in the community. You're a pillar for all your employees and your businesses. So, you know, one person making a massive difference and change and impact, you know, improving uh, mankind. So I, I love it. Do you have any other last comments or anything else you want to get out there to our audience? Sure. Um, yeah. If, there, if, there's, if there's anything that, um, that I would, I would tell your audience is this is, do not rely on anybody else to be the one for your family. You need to be the one for your family. Yes. Go out there and get it. Like, yes, it's going to be hard, but guess what? If it was hard, everybody would be doing it. Wow. I vibe with that. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely the wealth creator in the family. Uh, one last comment I want to mention, but uh, I read it in an amazing impactful book, honestly changed my life, but it's called family fortunes. Uh, by Bill, by Bill Bonner, but um, how to build wealth and hold on to it for a hundred years. And, and uh, in this book, it basically just talks about exactly that building a family empire. Um, you know, you have that one person in the family who is the wealth creator who kind of, you know, establishes generational wealth. And I feel like our millennials need to hear that and uh, need to get into that more is creating that generational wealth, being that one person where, okay, like, you know, you, me, we got our grandkids, our grand, they're on our, they're on our back. Maybe they don't exist yet, but they will. And, you know, it's down the line, but, you know, why don't we be the ones who create that generational wealth to kind of, you know, be the pillar in our community. And then, you know, as we get older, we become the mentors and the, you know, the, what'd you call it? the, the elders of the family where we advise, you know, young people, more detail, but you know, young people are good for generating wealth and creating wealth. They've got the energy, the ideas, and the older people have the wisdom and the experience. And you kind of need both. And you know, having a family constitution, you know, having uh, soft structures in, in place, so be like family ethical values, um, a constitution, you know, uh, just you know, methods to deal with problems and conflict, and you have hard structures, you know, financial systems, uh, you know paying minimal taxes and estate taxes and all that stuff to pass it down. But 
I really vibe. I like what you're doing. It's amazing. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Yeah, Mikey, thanks for being on the show. And uh, for anyone who's listening, I'm going to leave a link to uh, all of uh, Michael's, uh, Mikey's businesses, his book, everything, the whole nine yards um, in the description. Be sure to check out his Instagram. He posts very cool things. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. Mikey, thank you. Thank you, Tony.